0: Welcome to the Joan and Carey Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, friends. Today's guest is Brad Botkin. Brad is an NBA writer and features writer for CBS Sports, and this requires a little bit of preamble. So normally on this podcast, what we do is we have these kind of long-form conversations. Tell me about your entire life, Bill Walton or whoever. uh, And that's what happens, and it's uh, fun and long-form and interesting. Hopefully, this is also fun and long-form and interesting, but it's different. It's not that. It's a debate. Um, It's a conversation. It's Brad and I getting into a project that we're doing. It's 100 Greatest Athletes active, currently active. So, um, in other words, Babe Ruth, Magic Johnson, these are all great athletes, not them, and not even Usain Bolt, who retired not long ago. He's not active either. Um, So, we dig into every sport, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, cricket, rugby, gymnastics, auto racing, what have you. And we try to look at who the best athletes are. And it's a complex stew where we kind of mix a bunch of different things. And uh, it makes for fun debate because there is no one answer. And when you have that, then anybody can go anywhere they want with the argument. Now, we're going to try to base it in some objective analysis, obviously, whether it's, you know, skill on the field, statistics, so forth. How good are they compared to their peers? But uh, we brought up, I brought up Simone Biles versus J.J. Watt. What do you do with that? Who's a better athlete? Uh, Very... Miniature Simone Biles, who's strong and fierce and awesome and a terrific athlete and and everything. Or J.J. Watt, who is all those things, but also huge. You know, It's a really interesting one. And so Brad and I got into it. It was really fun. This will be a project we'll be rolling out over the weeks and months to come. We will be looking at everything, really. Uh, We'll have podcasts on it. We will have video on it. We'll write articles about it. And we'll try to break it down and come up with a final 100 list and uh if you are interested in doing all that then uh, feel free to email uh, via my website jonahcary.com, and uh drop me a line let me know what you think let me know if uh, there's an obvious angle to take here i think that the the concept of who's a great athlete is a difficult one and a complex one and a fun one and i hope that you uh check in and offer your point of view so yeah that is uh the nature of this podcast it'll be a little different and i think uh well going forward it'll still mostly be the same format but we might switch it up here occasionally and uh, this was one of those times, so I do hope you enjoy it. So here we go with the latest episode of the Jonah Carey Podcast. It is with Brad Bakken of CBS Sports. Enjoy. Welcome to the Joe and Podcast, friends. So great of you to join us. And when I say us, a very special guest today. He is an NBA writer and a features writer for CBS Sports. A colleague, a friend, a confidant. It's Brad Botkin. Brad, how are you?
1: I'm good. So excited to be here.
0: Nice, nice. So this is a little different than what we normally do uh often the guests so we come on let's talk about your life story and let's talk about this and when was the first time you had a peanut butter sandwich we're not doing (laughs) it we're going nitty-gritty here brad and i are collaborating on this project and it's been in the works for a little while we've been talking about it for a while we've started it but we're still in the preliminary phases what we're going to do is we're going to pick the hundred greatest athletes in the world active athletes so babe ruth was a wonderful athlete he does not qualify because he's dead uh Magic Johnson was a wonderful athlete. He's not dead, but he's not playing currently, so that doesn't matter. Active athletes. Even somebody like Usain Bolt, who's phenomenal, could be number one, frankly. I would, wouldn't you say, Brad? I'd be way up there.
1: I, it, it, yeah, it'd be tough to go against him.
0: But he just retired, so he doesn't
1: count either. So it's got to be somebody
0: who's an active athlete. So we put together a preliminary list, and we're going to talk about the list in a minute. But the goal here is, first of all, we want to establish what it is that we're doing and what even makes a good athlete because – well, because, and I think what the way to do this now is to hand this over to Brad because he's got beef. He's got beef about how athletes are defined, and this kind of led off our conversation. I think it's going to end up being a lot of fun, and maybe the end list will be a little bit different than what you would expect, uh, because Brad has this very strong belief about what makes a good athlete, and frankly, for the most part, I agree with him. So take it away, Brad. What are your thoughts here?
1: Okay, so, this tends to show up more in, in, in my realm over in the NBA than it does say, In baseball where five tool guys and guys that can do everything um, tend to be valued in an athletic way if you will Mm. whereas in basketball it seems to be pretty boxed in in terms of the way we define athleticism it really comes down to explosiveness running jumping sort of like the track um, definition of athleticism and guys like Steve Nash um, who of course isn't playing anymore, but the modern version of of Steve Nash is like a Stephen Curry or even a Kyrie Irving, um, who is phenomenal in terms of skill. But in terms of this quote-unquote traditional athleticism, which really, again, in basketball comes down to your vertical leap and how fast you can run, uh, not a great athlete. And I don't – I just – I have major beef with that definition. Earlier this year, Josh Jackson went number four overall to the Suns. They asked him uh, which players he compares most to in the NBA and then which players he compares least to. And his example that he compares least to is Steph Curry because he's, quote, unathletic. Hmm. And that's wild to me, although it is a common sentiment, um, because we completely rule out hand-eye coordination Dexterity, we rule out really so many of the things that end up defining who is an actual better player. Um, there's a huge discrepancy. Again, this is this is mostly in basketball from my standpoint, but there's a huge discrepancy between who the better player is and who the better athlete is, and that's sort of strange to me. Uh, it's strange to me that uh, a guy like, say, oh I don't know, Zach Levine uh who got traded from the from the the Timberwolves to the Bulls this year and is uh, traditionally if and is a phenomenal athlete. No no one would argue that. He can jump out of the gym, mm-hmm. he can run like a deer. A great athlete, but if he's such a great athlete, why is he not better at basketball than Kyrie Irving or or Steph Curry or someone that we would not define as a great athlete. And I think it's because we completely undervalue uh skills. We we tend to define skills as this different set of criteria. It has almost nothing to do with athleticism. And and by extension, I think we think that these skills are there for, and I think this is really a major difference. I think skills people tend to think are attainable. They think that you can learn them. Mm -hmm. They, They look at a great shooter in basketball or a great ball handler and they more equate that with practice and repetition, and I can improve at this, whereas speed and jumping is more accepted as a God-given thing. You can either run fast or you can't. And I would be here to argue that there's a reason that a lot of people in the NBA don't improve their shooting or ball handling at the rates that people would expect, because that is almost as God-given as speed or jumping. And I, you know, long story short, I think that we We misdefine, if that's a word, um, athletes. Um, We undervalue uh, athletic traits that, frankly, are oftentimes more important in the actual functional performance of the sport that you're playing. And it goes over across to all sports. Um, I bet you if you were walking down the street, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but I bet you if you were walking down the street and somebody said um, to 100 people, who's a better athlete, Tom Brady or Cam Newton? I would be willing to bet that a hundred out of a hundred people would say Cam Newton. It's easy to jump to because he runs faster. He looks more athletic. A lot of that, and a lot of that comes into it too, what you look like. Um, and I would, and I'm not saying Cam Newton isn't a better athlete. I just don't think the conversation is that simple. Um, Tom Brady was drafted as a baseball player. He's obviously a phenomenal all around athlete. Um, his skill, his coordination. Um, If this were just a decathlon and you were going to go out and you were going to run a 100-meter dash and a couple of other events, Cam Newton would win. But so much more of that goes into it, and there's a reason why Tom Brady is a better quarterback. Uh, And so those types of conversations kind of piqued my interest a while back, and then you you and I started talking about it, and it's like, hey— who are the best athletes right now? You know, it's easy to say who the best, who's the best baseball player. Who's the best basketball player. Who's the best football player. But when you really, if you really want to dig into who the best athlete is and, and not make it as simple as who runs the fastest and who jumps the highest, it's really a layered, um, interesting conversation that I think is, is going to end up being a really fun project. So that's, that's kind of where I'm coming at it from. I think, um, In the end, we just don't have a sophisticated enough definition of what an athlete is these days.
0: So three things here. Number one, you mentioned Steph Curry. You mentioned skills being learned. If you, Brad, me, whoever, or even a world-class athlete has a baby tomorrow... And that baby starts shooting at two months old and shoots more than Curry ever did. I mean, they, they don't go to class. They, they don't, they don't do anything. They don't interact with their family. They're literally a zombie prodigy of shooting. They will not shoot as well as Steph Curry. That, they just won't. He's very good. He practiced a lot, but he's got God given talent when it comes to shooting. That's number one. First I, of, I totally
1: yeah. agree with you. Totally agree with you. Okay. That's you number. know, and if, if, if you, um, you want to look at a guy like Todd Marinovich. Remember, yeah. Remember Todd Marinovich mm-hmm. back in the day, you know. He had a certain amount of skill and a certain amount of talent, but if it were just as simple as the time you put in and uh, and how hard you practice, uh, then he would have been the best quarterback ever. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't. And there's was a number of reasons that went into that that weren't just athletic development, of course, off the field stuff with his dad, and he got into drugs and every other thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, the the I agree with with what you're saying is that if it were true, you know, I hear this a lot when people. Right now with Steph Curry, there's a lot of talk about greatest shooter ever. Mm. And it's a really romantic answer when – and even when you ask athletes this, um, what makes somebody so good at what they do, whatever it is? The easy and usually um, preferred answer is that the guy works his butt off. You know, he gets – he Ray Allen is a great shooter because he puts in the extra hours he works in the gym he he he's a tireless worker and effectively what you're saying if you think that that's the reason that ray allen is a better shooter than 99 percent of the people in the world is that 99 percent of the people in the world are just lazy if if you're telling me that that's why somebody's great at something because he works his butt off then that just means other people don't work and that's just not true there's there's a God given talent that gets, and that's you know those two words really might be what's the difference between talent and athleticism that for some reason we disregard talent and what we not disregard disregards the wrong word but we undervalue how important it is to be born with it. We think that it's it can be developed that it, that athleticism true athleticism is something that you have or you don't, and I think that's where maybe it gets a little bit muddy.
0: Okay, so that was number, point number one was about Curry. Number two, you cited that Tom Brady was drafted in baseball. I am contractually obligated. I actually get an electric shock if I don't mention this. Tom Brady was, in fact, drafted by the Montreal Expos. I need to point That's that right. out. I need to point that out. 1995 <laughs> as a catcher. Uh, and uh, listen, you know, the world might have been a different place if Brady was drafted as a catcher. Who knows? Number three, and this is the germane point. Let's go to Brady and Newton for a second. So Brady's best skill is his ability to throw and make decisions. I mean, those are kind of, Mm -hmm. they they go hand in hand. Now, he knows where to throw and he puts it on target every single time. Those are interesting things to discuss. So first of all, knowing where to throw, whether that's instincts, whether that's intelligence, whether that's reps, whether whatever it is, He does not make bad decisions. A typical season he's going to throw, I don't know, five, six picks with like thirty-five touchdowns, thirty touchdowns. He's got a you know tremendous ratio when it comes to that. He doesn't make bad decisions. Is that part of athleticism? Let's start with that. Is that part of athleticism?
1: Um You know, that's that's really interesting. I mean, off the top of my head, I I think I I think I'd probably be in the camp of decision making, film watching. Um, would lean more towards something that anyone can get better at. Okay. Um, you know it's interesting. There's a book <laughs> out there called The Sports Gene. And uh, yeah, somebody
0: I know wrote that.
1: Yeah, I think he was it it Sports
0: Illustrated, writer. John Wertheim, no? Or uh, Maybe now okay. I have it here in
1: my house somewhere.
0: But, anyway, but I will book, I will apply the googles because I definitely have heard of this. Yeah,
1: the the, the book oh, a kind of a rough way of. Of breaking down exactly what the book intended to do is David Epstein, okay. why what is the sports gene
0: mm-hmm.
1: who who has it what is it were those people that you know they can just do something it's not ne- necessarily even something that can be quantified it's not somebody can run a hundred yard dash and you can time them and say look that person's fast there's sort of this innate quality to these great athletes like tom brady that you just mentioned like he can just make a faster decision, a better decision. Mm-hmm. He can see the field differently. His spatial awareness, these things that are much more difficult to evaluate and ultimately define, I, I do think that those things are also partially embedded in people. Um, I don't think you, you could argue with that because uh, take Tom Brady's ability to drop a ball on a dime. That's really no different than a great basketball shooter, and what he's doing, you know, your depth perception, your hand eye coordination. I, I in no way could actually define what those things are and how they manifest themselves, but they're obvious when you see it. Um, and I think that probably a pretty good, I was talking with, uh, uh, David Thorpe last week, a longtime NBA mm-hmm. skills coach, um, uh, consultant with a lot of teams for, draft evaluating uh guys for the draft and so on and so forth seen seen a ton of athletes um and 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 he had the same kind of definition for an athlete that I've heard from a number of people which is <laughs> how quickly somebody can apply lessons and execute them so if you come to somebody and you hear this all the time about I teach I I I tell this guy something and 2 minutes later it's like he's been doing it all his life mm-hmm. And so this this ability to take coaching, to take something you see on film and immediately apply it is a talent that that to me is part of athleticism uh, that that doesn't, again, I don't think gets factored into the athleticism conversation. So, yeah, I I do think that that's um, something that Tom Brady uh, and other, you know, Drew Brees or and Cam Newton's good at that. As well. It's I mean these guys are mm-hmm. NFL quarterbacks, we're splitting hairs here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that part of I think when, when people for anyone who would say Tom Brady wasn't a good athlete, I think they would immediately point to if you ask them why, they would say, Well look, he's slow. You know, doesn't he doesn't look athletic. And that would pretty much be the end of it.
0: Well, and I think that even on the mental stuff, if we focus on that for a second, we have to be careful what we're talking about here. So with Brady, let's say that let's say we take it as a given that Brady is the greatest decision maker maybe of all time in the NFL. Mm -hmm. that in itself doesn't necessarily equate to intelligence. In the NFL, they give you the Wunderlich test. Well, we don't really know what that is because when we're talking about on-field intelligence, we're talking about making the right decision, that literally might be that you see space better than other people. Wayne Gretzky might have been the guy who saw space better. You know, He'd operate behind the net. He could see something coming behind uh, seven steps ahead, a chess player. LeBron does that too. LeBron sees the court in a certain way, and he could break things down in micros that – you know, John Wall, who's a phenomenal player. Maybe John Wall doesn't do it as well as LeBron. LeBron just has this, this way about him. Uh, Dario Saric might not do it as well as LeBron. You know what I'm saying? There's just certain guys that have yeah. that. So I find that really interesting too. And, and, and that. You know, is that talent? Is that athleticism? Because we're not talking about straight like, oh, how well would this guy do in history class? And we're not even talking about the wonder like we're talking about (coughs) real time reaction, especially when it's motion sports. Baseball is a little different, but football, basketball, soccer, hockey, pretty much anything. It's not baseball, really. That quick twitch, but it's quick twitch mental, not quick twitch physical is so weird. And Cam Newton might be if you met two of them. You might say, wow, Cam Newton is much smarter than Tom Brady. I can have a conversation with him better. But there's something about Brady with his decision making on the field that is just other. It has nothing to do with how he does at a cocktail party or how well he might have done on a math test. It's like this weird alien thing. So is that athleticism?
1: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. This has nothing to do with how we would typically define intelligence or, you know, off outside of the sports world. Yeah. Any, nothing to do with that at all. And again, now we're kind of focusing this on, on Cam Newton and, and Tom Brady. I, if, I, if we went and measured this stuff that we're talking about, yeah. maybe Cam Newton would register yeah. as a better athlete. I'm just saying that I think that, uh, I think that the conversation is, is more layered, is more sophisticated than we tend to have that conversation. And I think if we went through the steps of having that conversation, you know that we would come up with some different um, results than our gut reaction then when we look at a couple of players and say, who's the better athlete, we tend to have gut reactions off of off of pretty simplistic things like um, speed, running, jumping, your typical explosion athletics. You know, the, we mentioned the sports gene and one of the things that that he measured in that book was he was he was um, if I remember correctly, he was very interested in kind of figuring out why a major league hitter can react to a fastball. Um, and he, I think rightly assumed that it was reaction time, mm. that these guys, just, they have better eyesight, they have better instincts um, and reaction time is, it must be different, right? It must be different for Josh Hamilton than a guy walking down the street. And if I remember correctly, he went in and measured himself an admitted non-athlete against, I want, I want to say it was Albert Pujols. Okay. But a it was, it, big,
0: especially if, a few years ago. That's a big, tough comparison. Yeah, yeah
1: right, right. And, and he, if I remember right, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure he measured out with pretty much the same reaction time. Wow! You know, they, did the light, they did the light test where, yeah, um, wow. and so he 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 it became, um, sort of this jumping off point for this conversation that we're having is that okay? What if it's not something that's completely measurable in Albert Pujols and his ability to react to a hundred mile an hour fastball? Then what is it? And that was sort of the If I remember right, the crux of, of, of his intrigue is what, what is the sports gene? And he, I think he ended up attributing a lot of it to, um, spatial awareness and just the familiarity with your surroundings. Um, the way you, the way you pick up a ball out of a pitcher's hand. And again, that might be speaking to what you're talking about, the way Tom Brady identifies a hole in a defense. Um, it's very, very tough to define what that is. It's what is the the sports gene that's in that this guy can do it and this guy can't. And because it's such an largely undefinable thing, I think we take the easy way out in determining athletes with the things that we can easily define, which is measurable things. Uh, and I, I think that there's obviously something that that major league hitters, all major league hitters, anybody who can make it to the major leagues and then even when you start to sep- separate major league hitters amongst themselves, the, the great ones, they see things differently. They feel things differently. They pick up the ball out of a pitcher's hand a split second differently. Uh, their confidence is triggered differently. So many mental things are different about that athlete. And to argue that that doesn't directly impact, frankly, probably more than traditional athleticism, their performance on the field, I think, is naive. And so how come we eliminate those from the athletic conversation?
0: Every year, millions of people receive the least liked gift of all time, underwear. But we still give it to our family and our loved ones who just don't want it. But maybe it's not that underwear is the problem. It's the kind of underwear. So I'm going to tell you about MeUndies. The only underwear that makes for an amazing gift and I know this because I wear them myself. They've sent me lots of samples. Uh they've been fantastic. I've recommended them to friends on a personal level. They're really cool. 3 times softer than fa- than cotton, natural sustainably sustainably sourced fiber rather. Uh soft, flexible waistband, great, great styles, great everything. They're wonderful. I have chucked my old underwear, and I'm going with me undies. They're terrific. And this holiday season, to get your exclusive 20% off the softest underwear and socks, socks too, you will ever wear a free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, it's really, really easy. Just go to MeUndies.com slash JKP, as in Jonah Carey Podcast. That's MeUndies, M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S.com slash JKP, and enjoy You know what I'm going to be interested to see gets what happens with this particular group of guys is baseball pitchers, because baseball pitchers are constantly derided as bad athletes. You know that they're, they're yep, specialists. Yep. All they do is pitch. If you watch them run, they don't. They ah oh, ha ha. They wear a warm up jacket. If you watch them hit, unless you're Madison Bumgarner, oh ha ha ha. They can't. They're just going to strike out, and they're so yep. limited. But it's funny. You go back to your point about something that happens the first time. You've never done X before, and then you do it, and you're good at it. So one of my favorite stories I've ever written was back in the day with Grantland. I wrote about Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw, in my opinion, the best pitcher on earth and has been for several years, even though the playoffs is still a bit of a mixed bag. Did do well in the World Series for the most part, or at least in his last game, pitching the World Series. Whatever. We can go back and forth on his playoff performance, but he's been wonderful. And the story with Kershaw was I interviewed his longtime catcher and best friend, actually, A.J. Ellis. And A.J. told a story about when Kershaw... Was a fastball curve guy, and he needed something else in his repertoire. So he goes down to the bullpen with the with the bullpen coach, and the decision is made that he's going to try a slider. Never in his life, not in little league, not in high school, not in the minors, not in the majors, not screwing around in the backyard, and he's never thrown a slider in his life. He's never done anything, and he throws a slider, and uh, Ellis and the guy named Borzah, uh, I think it's Jeff Borzello, the the bullpen coach at the time. They looked at each other, you're like, oh, you're you're Steve Carlton. you're you're Randy Johnson. Your slider's that good, you just threw it for the first time. The feel of it, the 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 instincts. You hold it in your hand the certain way it comes out. I mean, I'm gonna state right off I think Clayton Kershaw is one of the 10 best athletes in the world, and I don't know how we're gonna get there. I'm not even sure how I'm gonna convince you of that. I'm not sure I'm gonna convince readers of that, because Clayton Kershaw, he's like a decent hitter for a pitcher, but you know he's probably a pretty good athlete. He played football. Everybody knows he played football growing up with Matthew Stafford. But he wasn't a high level football player. He doesn't play basketball. I don't know that he could dunk a ball. He doesn't run that fast. But G. Gee, Louis, G. Louise, I mean, can we do much better than Clayton Kershaw? That's hard to imagine.
1: Well, it's going to be it's going to be difficult as we get further into this project to identify because so many athletes these days are specialized, and so we don't yeah. have a ton of evidence Dave Winfields, of what, Tony
0: Gwynns, multi sport yeah. athletes. Yeah, right.
1: We, uh, we don't have a lot of evidence of what guys are doing. In other sports but i you know let's just take clayton kershaw for instance i don't know maybe you go down to the local gym with them and i think this is sort of the stuff we hope to tap into with some anecdotal stuff about mm-hmm. you know what it's like with guys in the locker room when you we got raja bell works with us at cbs here let's ask raja about what it was like in the locker room with steve nash with yep. you know dribbling a soccer ball on his foot while They're dribbling a basketball yeah. at the same time um and I think, you know, one of the ways, and it's not the only way, but one of the ways that I tend to appreciate athleticism is guys, just like you said, who can pick up anything and be good at it. Um, there's an athletic gene in them that no matter what they do, they, they are going to look and be relatively athletic. It doesn't mean they'll be the best in the world at everything. Um, but maybe if you go in and you, you hand a racquetball <coughs> racket to Clayton Kershaw, it's probably going to be pretty damn good at it. Uh, maybe you hand him a golf club and he can just, he's not going to be on the PGA tour, but he can fundamentally, he's athlete, he can do it. You know, you talk about pitchers being, um, kind of looked at as, as not the best athletes. Again, that's a gut reaction. It's, it's happened over years of narratives and some of them are fat and it's kind of an easy conclusion to jump to because it seems kind of specialized what they do. And you could jump to the conclusion that they can't do anything else. But I'm, you know, I know for a long time, John Smoltz was considered, um, Amongst everyone, when you talk to him, that he's just a great, great athlete. Why he can pick up a golf club yeah. and, and shoot a great. So he can do all kinds of different things. I tend to value um, that kind of athleticism, um, and I think that for the most part, a lot of people undervalue that. I, I look, you know, this this might be a stupid a stupid way to look at it, but I I watch these first pitches, and I think this is honestly an interesting debate that yeah. some of these quote, quote unquote great athletes have. Um, they're, they're great athletes undeniably in, in one layer of a conversation, but then they get called out to throw a first pitch in a game and it looks like their arms going to break, you know, they're throwing it 50 feet wide or where it's like they, and I, I, I do understand the argument that guy, a lot, again, we have specialized athletes these days and there might be some basketball players who've never picked up a baseball in their life yeah. and vice versa. I tend to think that truly, truly great athletes should be able to pick up a baseball and throw it 60 feet, you know, halfway straight. And, and I wonder about, um, how that applies then to real world sports where if, if you're one of the guys that kind of can pick up anything and do it, um, not great, but, but functionally good, athletic, it seems to me you're, ceiling for improvement that that ability to respond to repetition and coaching that we just alluded to would be higher because fundamentally you can do anything and do it athletically and guys who can do that guys who can kind of pick and we all know guys like this that we grew up with Mm -hmm. you know it's all relative you grew up with the guy that just kind of anything he picked up in elementary school he was he was good at and when you when you raise that up to the professional level and guys who still have that quality about them, um, that is why – th- those are the guys that I think have the most room for improvement and the ones that actually do improve the most and ultimately become the better athlete.
0: See, and that's going to be interesting too because in some cases – like we talked about specialization, but in some cases, athletes – are so specialized and in fact their bodies are so specific to that one sport that to compare them to somebody else becomes comical. And the easy example for me is Simone Biles. Simone Biles mm. is a wonderful athlete. I mean, like a badass gymnast, so good, right. strength, speed, agility, instincts, all that's there. She's like four foot eight. And so if yeah. there's any sport that requires, and she is very strong for her size, but if you put her up on size and strength related activities that were neither her sport nor the other person's sport yeah. against a, a dude who was six foot three, 250 pounds, whatever sport that person <clears throat> played, it's just going to be tough for Simone Biles to compete in that particular avenue. So then that yeah. becomes, is she so dominant in her sport? Is she so good at it that even though she has this very specific body type, and there was a picture of her with like Shaq or something the other, not long ago, you know, it's comical. She's tiny. quite, she's tiny, tiny, but she's so, so good. That's going to be a really fun debate. What if we put her up against JJ Watt? You know, JJ Watt is a great football player. By all accounts, seems to be a great athlete, but maybe he's not as great an athlete as Simone Biles, but on any upper body strength thing or like any, any of that stuff, Watt is going to crush her. I mean, there's no question. So that's just a really fun one too that adds another wrinkle to it that you can get. Different genders, different sizes, different specialties that are wild. Okay, Newton and Brady, we're talking about, yeah, they're different, but whatever. They're NFL quarterbacks. We're going to be way out there. We're going for all out. Any sport that is a recognized sport, we are going to talk about it. And some of the answers might be like, you know what? I don't know. Damian Lillard fell a little short compared to so-and-so, this gymnast or what have you.
1: Yeah. I think that that's, again, those are going to be the layers of this and they and uh, you know, obviously we'll state right up front. There's, there's going to be no right or wrong answer. No, I think the, it's interest, all subjective. Yeah. Yeah, the interest here is in the conversation. Everybody will look at it differently. It will get really layered and really interesting when we start doing cross sport comparisons, because you're right. Newton, Brady, breeze, Kirk cousins, whoever, they all kind of fundamentally do the same thing. So in the end, it might just be, it might come back to very simple things like, look, this guy's a better yeah. quarterback than this guy. They've, more or less do the same thing on the field so this guy's a better athlete but when you get into cross sport um it's going to be difficult what you're then you're going to have to compare sort of the fundamental athleticism of each guy because you can't put up their on-field performance against each other because it's apples and oranges Mm -hmm. so that's going to get really layered and you always hear about the pound for pound athlete where you you bring up Biles and and Watt well you you clearly can't compare them head to head Mm. um they're different athletes but where does that where does that pound for pound discussion come in? Um because I think that's important. It it's important in 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 the sense that we need to be able to identify how great of an athlete Simone Biles is. Undeniable. And we need to ask ourselves in the conversation if it's right to compare um say let's take uh let's take a basketball player who's six foot two and a guy who's six foot seven and they say, you know, this guy, this guy for his size relative to his size is, is the, the most skilled guy in the league. But does that ultimately matter? Because the six, seven guy and the six, two guy are playing on the same court. Mm-hmm. And if the six, seven guy is better at what he does for whatever reason, isn't he the better athlete? No right or wrong answer there, but you know what you're born with in terms of size and that stuff does matter. So it'll be very interesting conversations. Uh, I, I don't know how I would answer that right now. If you pinned me to an answer, Simone Biles and, and JJ Watt, that would be extremely, <laughs> extremely good, difficult. Good. Um, I, I don't know what I would say because Simone Biles is something, uh, I think like, unlike if you, unlike anything that a lot of people have ever seen, you know, you get into Olympic athletes are interesting because you know, Sports Illustrated back in the day did that very interesting topic of sport, no sport. Mm-hmm. And, and again, this matters because a lot of people don't consider NASCAR, they don't consider NASCAR a sport. They don't yeah. consider yeah. golf a sport. Yeah, NASCAR a even, tough Even, even gymnastics. There are a lot of people who would say anything that's determined by a judge is, is not a sport. That's, a lot of people would argue that. And so we're going to get into this, not only comparison of athletes, but the sport that they actually play. Uh, and, and I think that'll be very interesting.
0: Yeah, NASCAR for sure is, I mean, I, I recognize NASCAR as a sport. But what do you do with a NASCAR or F1 or any racing versus somebody who's just using their arms and their legs? I mean that's – right. I, I, I don't know. Personally, I mean, <laughs> it
1: would be hard for me to put a NASCAR driver ahead of – but I bet you there's a NASCAR driver out there that was a five-star athlete in three sports growing up um, and has has um, displayed myriad athleticism uh, over the course of his life Um I don't know, haven't looked into it. But again, I think it's it's a layered conversation. You know, they say, I've heard a lot of people say that the most conditioned, again, kind of pound for pound strength athletes are motocross riders. Mm. Uh, the, the physical toll that that requires and the agility and and core strength to control that machine at that speed going around those turns is probably something that these more traditional athletes, at least in America, basketball players, baseball players that we tend to put up in the upper echelons of athletes, um, probably wouldn't ever be able to even think about doing. So, lot of, a, a lot of interesting conversations. Well, and then we
0: circle back to winning, which we sort of talked about a little bit too. If, if somebody's a, clearly the best NASCAR driver in the world, they've won four of the last five Daytona 500s. They're completely at the top of their field. Maybe they're one of two or three greatest ever. And you're, I'm going to use, I like John Wall, but John Wall is an easy comparison. John Wall's a great player, very athletic, great. obviously. Very unbelievable athlete. He hasn't won anything. Uh, he's not the best point guard in the league. He's not the best player in the league. Is John Wall more athletic than the best NASCAR driver in the world? I, I, probably not to me. I, I don't know. I think that's a real tough one.
1: Yeah. To me, winning wouldn't be so much of a factor. There's so many. I mean, there's team team sports and circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that won't be really kind of any, any criteria for me. Uh, but he's not the best basketball player. He's not the best point guard. Yeah. Where John Wall gets interesting is where you compare him to a guy like, say, Kyrie Irving. Sure. Who, is a, a, a different kind of basketball player. Um, and I think, again, I, I'm just guessing here, but if you went down the street and asked a hundred people who's a better athlete, John Wall or Kyrie Irving, uh-huh, uh, most of the people would say John Wall. Mm-hmm. He's faster. He's more explosive. He jumps higher. You know, Kyrie Irving would be lucky to jump over a shoelace. So he's more of a skill guy. And so, but if you went down the same street and you asked a hundred people, Who's the better basketball player? That would be a more split decision. And so my question would be: Well, if 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 Kyrie's a better basketball player, say in half the people's minds, why is he not a better athlete in half those people's minds? Right. And the other half people, and I would say it's simply because they're clearly not valuing hand-eye <laughs> coordination, dexterity, just overall kind of skill. They're not valuing that in terms of the athletic conversation in the same way that they value wall speed and jumping ability. And I would argue that that's a mistake. And we're not going to take, yeah, go ahead. Well, I would just say because, mm. because obviously it does matter. Yeah. Obviously it usually ends up defining who the actual better player is. So why are we stuck on, and it, it matters because this goes, this speaks to how, it, to some degree, it speaks to how we define athletes. And it also, for a while, it's kind of changing now with salary caps and all, but it, but it spoke to the way guys are drafted. But it speaks to the way guys are paid with their contracts. Um, it's gotten more sophisticated now in terms of scouting, but for years there were mistakes, and there still are, I'm sure, if you dig into it, a lot of mistakes being made with the way with the contracts that are given out, the where guys are drafted, because we have a too simplistic view of what athleticism is. Too, how many times have you seen a a football receiver drafted in the top ten just based on his forty speed? Mm-hmm. You know he this guy this guy runs like the wind and that's not a sophisticated enough definition of, of what an athlete is. Um, and so it makes, it's, it's an important thing. Don't think that there aren't GMs in every sport right now, evaluating all of these athletic traits and, and in guys and women and which one applies more to actually making them the better player, because that's going to determine how much money they give them. It's going to determine where they draft them. And so it isn't, it's not just kind of a superficial conversation. It is important. um, in the context of how we value athletes.
0: The other thing I'm going to be interested to discuss too is um, sports that are more popular in other countries. You know, we made out our list. We're like, okay, let's go NBA, this that. And we, you know, soccer, yeah, because we got to have Messi or whatever. And then I put rugby and cricket on the list, and you said, "Ooh, rugby and cricket, all right. Yeah, we're this gonna is going to get fun, right? And rugby is a freaking demanding sport, man. Speed, evasiveness, strength." instincts all that I mean that's it's the whole night it's football without pads more or less that's, absolutely that's rough and the best rugby player in the world is going to be highly evaluated neither you nor I are a rugby expert so we're going to lean on people we're going to do our best to lean on people who are experts in that sport and then try for the impossible comparison of comparing <clears throat> the best rugby player to Clayton Kershaw John Carlos Stanton or LeBron or whatever that's going to be a lot of fun and I, I don't I like that we're coming into this thing in the dark a little bit. I like that we're coming into it not knowing. It's funny. That I, I, I It resonates to me a little bit. Maybe you don't know this. Maybe you do. I don't know. The one fantasy league that I play in is called the League of Leagues. And I'm not going to talk about – uh, people talk about their fantasy leagues. It's annoying. But the reason this league is exciting is because it's football, basketball, and baseball all in one. Okay? So in the mm-hmm. first round, you could draft whoever you – any round. You could draft whoever you want. You think that Curry's the best or you think that – Trout's the best or whatever. Now there are statistical formulas like Trout delivers this many home runs, there are this many baseball players on a roster. Maybe that guy doesn't have as much impact as Kareem Hunt, the best football player because football rosters are smaller, whatever. But the notion of evaluating different guys and saying, I'm going to trade you Kareem Hunt for Mike Trout, like what do you do with that? And so I feel like that this is just me transporting my brain from that over to this. Right. Except now rugby, cricket, gymnastics, men, women, big, small. It's it's I am like would you preach this to me? I think we, we kicked around two or three different story ideas. I'm like, those all sell fine, Brad. This is the one that I want. This is the one because I don't know. Because even though I fancy myself as an all-sports, I'm a huge basketball fan. There's no secret. Everybody knows that. In addition to me being a baseball writer, and I do like hockey, I like other sports, but I fundamentally don't know. And by the way, by the way, hockey is the only sport where you're using another implement on your foot? Everything else, you're running, or jumping in some way. I guess maybe swimming. Hockey's going
1: to be very interesting. Connor I mean, McDavid might be the best athlete in the world, maybe. It's, it's. I mean, seriously, think about hockey. Is effectively the, the, the brute strength and physicality of football with the grace of like ballet. Yes. You know, and it's, it's, oh, um, that if we're really going to get into what athleticism is, that is going to be. A serious, serious conversation to have. And it's certainly here in America, if we tried to put up, you know, I'm, I'd be lying if I say who I know the best athlete in the NHL is, but if we try Quantum to put that game. guy up it's against Quantum LeBron game. James, yeah. we're going to get laughed out of the building, but it's a real conversation. Oh, it yeah. should be, uh, and all that tells me is that, is that, uh, we don't, again, we don't know how to define athleticism yet. We're, we're still very, for as sophisticated as we've become in the way that we read stats. Uh, And the way that we that we then apply those to how we evaluate players, um, we're still very primitive in the way that we uh, evaluate athletes. An interesting kind of anecdote here, and I hope that we'll come up with more stuff (laughs) like this Mm -hmm. um, as we talk to more and more people. Um, Dan O'Brien, you you remember Dan O'Brien, the athlete from the '90s, the Dan and Dave commercials. Mm -hmm. I'm good friends with Dan, and. He was telling me the story about, I think it was in 1994, he was at a track meet somewhere in Tennessee, and this was the year that Michael Jordan was playing baseball, and his team, I think he was on Birmingham, is that the team Jordan was on? Yeah, Birmingham Barons, yeah. Yeah. They were in Tennessee, okay? They were on the road, and they were playing in Tennessee, and I want to believe it was the late, great Craig Sager, who was... um, was at the track meet and asked Dan if he wanted to meet Michael Jordan. And, of course, Dan said, oh, yeah, of course, you know, let me go meet Michael Jordan. And he was expecting, and this might kind of get to the root here of our conversation, he was expecting, it's Michael Jordan. It's the greatest athlete in the world. Mm -hmm. And mind you, Dan technically was also the greatest athlete in the world. And we'll get into track athletes. Um, But the decathlete, the gold medalist decathlete is deemed the, the world's greatest athlete. Um, and so Dan has this interesting way of looking at athletes and we'll talk to Dan, but he basically kind of looks at an athlete and says, well, how would they do in the decathlon? Because to him, that's sort of the ultimate measure of an athlete. And that gets to kind of what I believe is that you can do everything really, really well. The decathlete's not a world champion in anything, but he's great at everything. And so he asked himself that question about Jordan and was assuming, I think like everyone else, Jordan – and again, let's preface this, Jordan obviously is a phenomenal mm-hmm. athlete, was, is, whatever. But Dan went into the locker room, saw Jordan, and he said, you know, I looked at him, and I just, I don't know, I didn't see a great athlete. I saw a guy who was kind of lanky, yep. and maybe it was because of how he looked in a, in a baseball yeah, uniform. Yeah, he was real baggy
0: in the 90s, too, so he wasn't very flat. Yeah, and he's, sit- he's
1: really tall and skinny, and, mm-hmm. and this coming from a guy with Dan who's lived his whole life on the infield of a, of world-class track meets where guys look like statues. Yeah. Um, but he said, you know, at that time I asked myself that question, is Michael Jordan a great athlete or is he a great base or a great basketball player? Mm. And, and that's two different things to some people, to some people it's the exact same thing. If you're great at your sport, you're a great athlete. Dan tends to define athleticism a little differently. He's, um, kind of in that camp of measurable things. And he said, look at Michael Jordan's a great jumper in the NBA, but I bet you wouldn't win the high jump at the Olympics. Yeah. I'm pretty um, comfortable. Go ahead. Well, that's, that's about it. So he, he, he looked at Jordan. He was surprised in, in j- again, just, um, the aesthetics of it. He didn't see necessarily as great an athlete as he expected. And he said, okay, but he's obviously a great basketball player. Um, Again, splitting hairs here. Jordan's obviously a great athlete, but that's, that's an interesting um, conversation to have. You know, you look at like Tim Tebow, what he's doing in the minor leagues. You know, if we, if we inserted Tim Tebow into this conversation and we said, where does he rank among athletes? Well, you could say, well, look, he's, he's not a good enough football player to be in the NFL. He probably is, but he's not good enough to be like a a starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not a good enough baseball player to be in the major leagues, but is the fact that he's, you know, damn near good enough to be in the major. I mean, he's, he's walking on, onto a minor league field yeah. off the street. He hasn't picked up a bat in what, a decade? Mm-hmm. And he's hitting homers off of, and people, I've talked to people in the office about this. And they, oh, he's just double A. No, it's not just double A. These guys are, you know, one step from major league players. In a lot of cases, guys in, in double A are, are, they're throwing just as hard as maybe, maybe they sure. don't spot their fastball quite as well. But to walk in off the street and hit a double A pitcher out of the park, and and hold your own as a baseball player after ten years of not picking up a bat, you are a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. Uh, and he'll be, you know. But a lot of people would say, well, if he was such a great athlete, he'd be good at something at the professional level. Yeah, and he's not. So again, that's it's it's up for debate.
0: Well, th- two more things. So one thing is. We're both going to end up somewhere in the vast middle in our evaluations. We're not going to go only to athleticism, to to vertical leap, and we're not going to go only to the most Absolutely. rings. It's going to and where we are is going to be whatever. So here's how we're going to end the podcast. We're going to do an exercise, and I've been holding back. We're going to take two players Uh-oh. from different sports, and I have not okay. announced this to you. I just thought of this oh, right now. No, two different sports, and we don't even need to come up with an answer. But I want to okay. break down these two guys. Okay. and say all right make the case for so and so and make the case for so and so we'll do each
1: you,
0: you get both and i get both it's not like
1: i'm going to take a side you're going to take a side okay well my answer before you even ask my answer is mike trout mike trout is one of the players that no, is correct I knew it. <laughs>
0: mike
1: trout greatest athlete in the world that's i'm sticking to it
0: all right let's let's switch it up then we'll do okay i'm looking here
1: but why but why okay that's okay interesting why because mike trout again in baseball we i think rightly uh, value the five-tool player, the guy who can do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sort of what defines athleticism in baseball. It's not that way in basketball. Right.
0: Okay. So here's what we're gonna do. Not Mike Trout. We'll use a similar player to Mike Trout. Two different sports, two different skill sets. One guy, absolutely derided for his raw explosiveness or whatever, but a phenomenal player in his sport and does a lot of things really well and maybe the best player in the league. Okay. Okay. Bryce okay. Harper, James Harden, go. Wow. Yep. Both? I was going to do Trout and Harden, but we'll do Harper.
1: I was going to say they're both lefties, but they're not. Harper just hits lefties. That's right. You that, even, God, that's
0: tough. Just that start talking so... it through. Talk it through. Talk it through. What do you think? So well, Harden has this rep, right? Harden came out of ASU, and I saw him play in college. I loved his game, but he could, was like he could barely dunk, and he was kind of chubby. He's got a better body now than he did before, but he, he was does. never perceived as a great athlete. But my oh my, Harden is the best, maybe the best offensive player in the world. You could certainly make that case. Uh,
1: that's got to count for a whole lot of a lot. It does count for something. It's interesting. I was working in Arizona when when Harden was playing okay. at ASU. Yeah, and I thought I thought the Thunder reached for him at number three. Mm. Uh, when they took him, I I I'm really shocked, and it speaks to just how much better guys can get. He yes. was he was a natural scorer, but you're right, he didn't have that eye-catching jump off the page, no. um, athleticism, and now he does. I mean, he's explosive as all hell. He's still not a huge leaper, but he's, his, his lateral movement, I mean, this is yep. as quick as a yep. cat. Yep. Uh, and you're right. His body has changed. I think for all, and I think you just kind of tapped into something with me here <laughs> is that for all of my defense of the skill athlete, I kind of have the same instincts as a lot of people. I hear Harden and Harper and I feel like Harden is just a little bit more explosive. And I, I naturally want to jump to him. I also think that lends itself a little bit to basketball and baseball. Yeah. And if, if to all things being equal, I, without any further evidence, I really do want to look into this and hopefully talk to more people, but without any other evidence, I'm usually going to side with basketball.
0: Yeah. Well, and Harper's so interesting too, because it goes back to specialized athlete. I mean, the Verducci story in SI about Harper at age 15 reportedly hitting a 500-foot bomb, you know, 500 feet. Now it's in Vegas in the air and whatever, but...
1: 500 feet's 500 feet.
0: And he's 15 years old. Like, I mean,
1: it's just... Yeah. He, wasn't, it's, wasn't Harper playing junior college ball at, like, a high level when he was 16? Yeah,
0: something like that. You yeah. know, these
1: are prodigies. These are... Uh, Harper, I don't know. Now, now you're talking me out of it because... Harper's
0: unreal. Unreal. And he hasn't put up... The thing is, he had that one monster season, but we haven't seen him, like, numbers, numbers. Like, he's not Ted Williams yet. He had that one yeah. year where he was but he's been hurt or yeah yeah went through a slump and we haven't seen the elite performance Harden has more years of elite performance
1: Absolutely but Harper's it, talent you, is he's
0: ima- unimaginable it's gigantic It is
1: it is I think well you know it'd be an equally interesting question if you said forget the athlete but you said is Harper a better baseball player than Harden is a basketball player Probably not yet Probably not yet and I think He's younger too um, That might be ultimately the way we, you know, we'll have these conversations and we'll hash it out and we'll talk to a lot of people, but I think ultimately with these cross-sport comparisons, we'll end up having to ask ourselves who is better, um, at the sport that they play. Yeah. Harper to me is, is interesting. He, when I, when I watch him at the plate, um, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but I feel like I see holes, too many holes. Okay. In his swing, he
0: strikes out a fair bit.
1: Um, too many holes in his swing to think when he's at the plate to be hugely confident in that he's gonna that he's gonna strike the ball pure. Yeah, and I, I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know what his exit velocity is. I don't know how often he's making hard contact. I don't, I don't know any of that. But I know when I watch Mike Trout, when I watch Miguel Cabrera,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I they are so on balance every time. Their hands are always in the right position. Their timing is almost always impeccable. The way they foul balls off, the way they take pitches, mm-hmm. um, those guys seem to me that they're about ready to square up everything they swing at. And I'm a little bit more surprised every time Harper does. He seems a bit a bit more of a free swinger, a bit more holes, and, of course, he's hugely explosive and, ex- and hugely powerful, so when he does connect um, – but I don't see him quite uh, having that same precision with his contact as some of the other great hitters. I don't know. You, you, you're you watching more baseball than me. Is that halfway fair?
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, Harper's a max effort guy, max swing guy, and that's kind of the nature of of baseball now anyway because balls yeah. travel so far. You're not as disincentivized to strike out as you were back in the day. There was no stigma to it. You just go for it. Yeah, And he's also very talented. He's also pretty fast and stuff like that too. I mean, he has a lot of that too. So – uh, You know, it's an interesting one. That might be a little bit of a tricky example because Harden is at the top of his game. He might literally might be the best offensive player on the planet in this sport. And I know you forget also. how
1: young Harper is. You really do.
0: Well, Harden's a – neither of them are that old. But, yes, Harper started so young. He started as a teenager that he's going to yeah. come up on free agency now. He's going to hit free agency in his mid-20s. He's going to make $400 million because we might not have seen the best Harper that we we should expect to see. So, it's a fascinating
1: one, and I'm uh, yeah. That's a that's a really tough one, and there's mm-hmm. going to be a number. A number. All of, of them will be tough. They will be, and baseball's going to be very interesting because I think you're you're absolutely right. Baseball players, I think, in the general population, are seen as more kind of in their own category. Yeah, skill. Yeah. Um, Specific skills. You can't skills. really compare what hitting a baseball. You know, you can kind of compare football and basketball. You do a lot of the same yep. movements, yep. a lot of speed. You know, but baseball. You know, hitting a. Hitting a 98-mile-an-hour fastball is not like anything else in the world.
0: It's supposed to be the hardest thing in sports, too. That's what people say.
1: I don't know how you can argue that. Uh, yeah, I, don't, well, know I, I don't know how you anybody, can
0: or you can't, but that's what people say.
1: You can't argue. I, there's there's nothing. Listen, if you walked into a gym right now and you started shooting shots, like, you could hit the rim, I think. Okay? If you got in the box against a Roldis Chapman. No chance. <laughs> forget about it. Forget about there. Forget about it. Yeah. And it's just when I watch major league hitters, and that, believe me, when I when I put my two cents in on my list, that will be accounting for a lot. The ability to see and differentiate between yeah. when you're gearing up for a 103 mile an hour fastball, lefty on lefty, and you can take a 91 mile an hour changeup on the back foot and recognize that, and recognize that mm-hmm. 12 mile an hour speed differential and slight movement of the ball out of the pitcher's hand To i will never be able to define it which is probably why i can't do it i don't know what's going on in their head i don't know what's going on with their eyes but to be able to do it to me is the single most amazing athletic achievement in the world and that will be factoring heavily into my list
0: i love all this brad i'm excited that you came through with this project and, uh, and I'm excited that we're not segmenting it. That we're not saying, okay, let's just do top 25 baseball, basketball, football. No. We're gonna put Trout up against so-and-so. We're gonna put Connor McDavid up against James Harden. We're gonna do all this stuff. That's gonna be great. The format will be interesting. We'll be writing some pieces. Uh, maybe some, do some more podcasts. I might try to steal Dan for the podcast as well. Dan O'Brien, why wouldn't I want to talk to him?
1: Oh, we'll be doing the, the on camera the stuff. Launch, the podcast is the launch here. We're, we're, we're going to be all over this.
0: This is going to be a lot of my winter is going to be spent doing this and uh, normal baseball stuff too, friends. You'll see, you'll I'll read my pieces. Stand to trade is imminent. Lots of stuff like that will happen. Uh, but I'll be focusing a lot of my energy on this and, and I'm really excited for it. So Brad. Uh, thank you very much for this conversation. And, uh, yeah, we've got to get to some serious work here. We've got some stuff to do over the next weeks and months to
1: come. We do. We'll, we'll, I'll be back on soon, and we'll, we'll be at it again.